This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hey guys, it's Raya, and this is Was That Good for You, a podcast all about sex and relationships. We cover everything from kinks to long distance dating and everything in between. Today's topic well, we don't really have a topic. We're just going to kind of broad talk about lots of different things. But today's guest is musician Bona Vega. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. So, are you LA based? I am. I've been here uh, about eight years now. Eight years. Wow. Yeah, I I moved from Ohio. I was just thinking about that today. I was like, how long have I been in LA? It's been about eight years. So it's LA is home for you. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and I honestly it was probably one of the better moves that I've ever made in my life. <laughs> I feel the same way. A lot of people like to dog on LA, and while I while I understand that um, LA has its flaws, and 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 it can be you know a, a vapid um, capitalistic echo chamber, I don't think I'd rather be anywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> same vapid uh, cesspool. That's where I want to be, honestly. Exactly. I, I would not want to be, and, and you know what? Everywhere is vapid and kind of cesspoolish. So it's like I'd rather be somewhere that I have that to deal with that, but I also have like food at any time that I want, and like cool people and and like minded individuals. So totally. I mean that that was the biggest thing for me when I moved. I'm my I was raised like in a very uh, I would say conservative religious upbringing, and like I remember, and I remember when I moved here, I I never felt more kind of at home because I and like but it was like unbeknownst to me that there was this whole other way of living you know I lived in like kind of the Ohio the Ohio Christian bubble and I got here and I felt like oh my god you can do anything you can be anything it's really amazing it is and it's so crazy because I had a a slightly similar upbringing my my um, parents weren't necessarily super religious um, but I went to private Catholic school from three to 18 Okay. Um, and so I still, you know, carry a lot of that classic Christian guilt. Uh-huh. And um, yeah, I moved out here and I was like, oh my God, this is crazy. Like people are kind of like enjoying themselves and not feeling bad about it. Like that's well, insane. <laughs> well, uh, totally. Dude, we're going to get along great. And also I love that we're two minutes and 21 seconds in and we're already into religion. So <laughs> I <know. laughs> which, I, which exactly. honestly, I will take the blame for that. I, it's my, honestly, my favorite thing to talk about is like the, the fucked up nature of, of my, my personally, my upbringing with, with, you know, Christianity yeah. and um, yeah, that, that whole, the guilt thing, all of that stuff that goes along with it. It's, it's a very gnarly and a really deep, long conversation. Absolutely. Well, I mean, it's funny because, yeah, I've been wanting to do an episode on like Christian guilt for a long time because I think even people who don't grow up uber religious, it's like we have these very like, um, you know, Christian based patriarchal values that are very ingrained in everyone, whether you like it or not, and whether you kind of went to church every Sunday or not. And I think it really kind of puts us in this very shameful place around pleasure and sex and, and all of these other things. And I think it, it just really, really fucks us up on a deep level. So I am always down to talk about that. So when you, when you moved here, or I should say when, like, were you, you said you grew up in the environment, but were you ever like, did you ever drink the Kool-Aid as far as like, were you ever like full on into the belief system? 
I, I, I drank the Kool-Aid a bit. I was never super, super about it. I always kind of was like, oh, we got to go to church. You know, I was right, never like right, right. super, super stoked on it. Yeah. But I definitely had, um, I would say I necessarily, I don't know if I necessarily had a love of God, but I definitely had a fear of God. Totally. Which is um. funny. Yeah, which is funny. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, like, cause, cause for me, it was like, I grew up for like, I feel like my, my child brain rejected Christianity off the bat because like, okay. like you were saying where it's like, Oh, I don't want to go to church. This is lame. It didn't really make sense. And then at one point, probably like 17, 18, 19, I kind of got into like real heavy, like partying, drinking and stuff. Uh-huh. And like into, to a point, I have no problem with drinking now, but like, obviously like it was like a, a not cute amount, you know? Yeah. And, and then I remember I used religion to like, kind of save me from this dark spiral I was going. And so then I, and it like worked quote unquote, because really it just, I just stopped drinking, but right. you know, so, and, and, but then I was like, oh my God, this like God helped me with this. So then I was like stuck in this thing because it saved me from such a dark time. Yeah. Um, but then it don't. So I actually moved to Los Angeles, uh, full blown Christian, you know, really? and, and you, so you still had those values and you were like, I want to go to LA. I want to be a musician, but I'm not going to let go of these values I have. Yes. I mean, like I had started to kind of strip away those values a little bit because it was like, you know, it was really hard to have a girlfriend and, you know, not have sex right. or, or, you know, I had a lot of friends who, who were gay. And so all these things that like, you know, the Christian religion would say like, well, if they're gay, that's bad. But I'm like, but these are really great people. So how can my friends be bad? So I would kind of like, I kind of like manipulated the Christian religion, but like, it, I was afraid to say that all of it was false. Right. And I just kind of was holding on, like, you know, fighting tooth and, t- tooth and nail f- to, to kind of hold on to something. And then but when, it, but really, it was like really getting stripped away to where I was like, yeah, you don't really have a religion anymore. And then like once I moved here, I realized that, and uh, and then finally like kind of let it all go. Yeah, well, I think that's one thing too is it's when you grow up in that environment, the idea of calling yourself and and not even that you are, but like let's just say for argument's sake, the idea of calling yourself an atheist is like so bad like I remember in high school and like I said I was I was drinking the Kool-Aid but not to a crazy extent but if you told me you were an atheist I would be like I would clutch at my pearls like it was the it was the craziest concept to like not believe in it so when you start to you know question it and kind of look at organized religion in in a very critical way it's it's this really really tough place to be because you're taught that it's like the absolute like there's a few things that are you know everybody says there's a few things that are really really bad and it's like murder and like suicide and like being an atheist yes that's so true i i I, that's a great point it's it's all it's like a bad word like atheist is a bad word you know what i mean absolutely absolutely i remember i don't even know if i like identify as an atheist but i i I sure as hell do not like organized religion um right but if i I wouldn't even if i was i would like never say that word to my dad like it would break his heart it would like it would it would crush him just to hear that and i think he probably is he knows that i'm not i like refuse to go to you know church when i go back home just because i'm a brat i could i could probably suck it up if i really wanted to for him but i right right (laughs) I like to push his buttons and get into a debate about organized religion, but I will never use that word. I will not use that word in, in the household. Yeah, no, I mean, like, and I feel like there's also, like, a different, like, like, I, I, I guess I would technically, you know, consider myself an atheist, although, like, I don't really, you know, I don't, it, it doesn't matter to put yourself, like, in a box of a thing, but, like, my thing is, like, I just, 
I just know that it's not the man-made religions. I don't know if there is a higher power. I mean, there could be a high, there could be a higher power, but he could, he or she, or they could also be evil. You know what I mean? Like, 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 I don't know. And, and, but like, it's definitely not anything, uh, that, that humans have come up with. And have you heard, have you heard like the, the kind of, um, it's the, the trope of like, if, if starting today, science and religion went away, uh, but we but we stayed civilization where it's at. In another thousand years, all of science would be back because we would relearn all of it. But religion would be back, maybe, but it would be completely different. Like Jesus wouldn't be back. You know what I mean? Right. No, absolutely. Yeah. And it would probably be some crazy convoluted shit in the same way that our, like religion as we know it is just a totally different version of it. But it would be in the same way where there'd be talking snakes and, <clears> you know, <throat> all the same shit and, 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 and plagues and all that same stuff. Totally. Um, so inter- it's interesting you, uh, we had a similar upbringing cause we also, although we have vastly different jobs, we've, we've strayed very far away, I will say, um, yes. <laughs> yes. in the sense that you are now pretty much like a rock star, um, <clears throat> as well as the fact that you kind of like push the boundaries in terms of, you know, gender stereotypes and stuff. And I'm a sex therapist. So we've kind of gone on the, off the deep end in terms of where we were at one point. <laughs> I love Do that. You- and I I love that, like, probably, like, what would be looked at as, like, a very, like, um, worldly, both of us kind of in, like, worldly uh, career paths, and yet we probably, I would I would assume we're, I mean, I know I'm more mentally healthy than I've ever been, you know what I mean, and more, like, oh, sane, absolutely. you know, absolutely. so, pretty cool. But anyways, what were you going to say? Uh, so, do you still feel like you struggle with that at all, like, because you grew up with that, even if you've, I always like find this question so interesting with people where it's like, they grew up, you know, religious, they aren't now, but it's like, I know people and I've struggled with this where I'll like, something bad will happen in my life. And I'll be like, is this because I haven't prayed in 10 years or like some shit like that? Like, it'll still totally. like creep in my mind or I'll like, <laughs> as you know, some weird, like weird stuff that I like, I think about it, like, and I, and I <clears throat> correlate it back to that. Or like the other day I was making a joke about the fact that I was like changing in front of my boyfriend and my, my hands were like covering my, my nipples. And he was like, we've been dating, like we've been sleeping together for years. I know what your boobs, like, why do you, and I literally looked down and I was like, I actually don't know why I just did that. And I thought about it and I was like, it's cause I think I probably still subconsciously hold some like shame around that or some guilt. Dude, totally. I mean, I remember the, I mean, I remember one of the first times after losing my religion, getting like a really, really bad cold. Uh-huh. And I, I was currently living out here at, by myself at the time. And I remember getting a really, really bad cold and like, you know, one of those like, like it was either food poisoning or the flu where you just like, you will kind of want to die, you know? But I remember thinking like, remember thinking like, wow, it would be nice to pray. But, (laughs) but like, you know what I mean? Like I, I like, it kind of like dawned on me like, oh, I can see that, that comfort in that, but it's obviously delusional as well. But like, I was like, wow, like this was the first, it was like the first time that I, I just had to lay there and sit there as, as a human with no, really with no hope as far as like getting sick. It's like, well, hopefully it'll come around. You know what I mean? Like, hopefully I'll feel better. Um, And as far as, it it took a while. Yeah, like honestly, um, especially at first, um, just, uh, I would say like guilt associated with sex or especially with like maybe pornography, like all of that type of guilt was there for very, was, you know, like I said, I've basically been out of it for like eight years now and it stuck around for way too long. And it was, it was a constant struggle. And now I feel like I've finally gotten to a place where, um, you know, it's, it's kind of on the back burner finally, but, and, and, you know, and it took like, I think years of being like, 
uh, you know, going so hard the other direction to kind of like be like, here, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try this. Uh, like I remember one time I went, I went to a, a dominatrix and I was like, I, 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 part of me did it because I, I, I wanted to experience this thing that like was seemed so taboo and yeah. so like wrong, you know what I mean? Like a transact and a transactional kind of sex. And I did it to like, be like, I need to just get my brain over this. And sure enough, after I did it, it was like, wow, no, this is, this is a re- actually a really cool, interesting human experience. And it, it just changed my whole mindset. I mean, my mindset had already been changed on it, but it helped with like the guilt associated around something like that. I love that. A dominatrix yeah. is like, can be better than therapy in some ways. <laughs> it, it, uh, dude, it was literally like, and it was even like, I kind of, this is kind of a, the, one of the main things I, I discovered with that was that I, um, I, before my, my current relationship is like the best thing that's ever happened to me. Like I'm in a really amazing relationship right now. And, but the one previous to this one, um, was really, really bad and really, really toxic. And it was like seven years long and it it ended terribly. And there was a lot of, uh, you know, I mean, it it was, I'm not uh, mad at the person, uh, or or anything. I've, I've forgiven them. And like, I did a bunch of terrible shit. Like we were just bad, you know, it was, it was just a bad, bad matchup. And yeah. we held on for way too long. But the, I took a lot of like emotional abuse during that relationship. And I remember the one thing I learned or one thing I experienced with that dominatrix experience. And I even told dominatrix, dominatrix this afterwards. I was like, it was kind of interesting to not have control, but like to be in control over the fact that I wasn't in control opposed to just being like berated emotionally and mentally and like having no control right. over it. You know, it was a very interesting to not have control. Yeah, it was very, very weird. Uh, it was cool. It was really cool. Well, I think that that's, that's so interesting because I just, so I recently did like um, a Q&A and I get a, so many questions and I talk about this a lot. I get, and my, my audience is, is pretty split 50-50, but I have a, a very high amount of heter- younger heterosexual males. And so I get a lot of comments or I guess questions around, um, I like this. Is that okay? Does this make me gay? You know, they're like very like kind of like younger and they're like struggling with what it, what it means to be a heterosexual uh-huh. male and what it doesn't mean really. Uh-huh. Um, or at least that's kind of what, what I try to help them with. Um, but I, I recently got a question about a guy who was really confused about the fact that he wanted his girlfriend to peg him. And so we went on this whole tangent about control and how uh-huh. interesting that is for, um, for heterosexual males and females and how we've kind of put ourselves in the box of like, if you're in a relationship like that, the male kind of like naturally takes on the more dominant role and the female kind of takes on the more submissive role. But I find that usually in those relationships when it's a dominant submissive, kind of like a classic um, pairing like that in the bedroom, it becomes switched very, very often. Yeah, for sure. Um, And I feel like it's um, like, I just feel like that whole thing can be again like you said it can be therapeutic like doing role reversal type stuff and yeah and but i think it can also just be like fun you know and like i think like finding that that's the most fun part i have with that that, doing that type of stuff is just like it's like if you can find something that you're very very obviously comfortable with and um who you know very well doing all sorts of kind of role reversals or uh um, you know anything like that it's just it's just fun. You know what I mean? And not, not to me- you know, and not to mention, like you said, th- doing those like power reversals too, is just kind of like a, 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 a mind game, but in, in a good way, I think. 
Absolutely. And especially for somebody who is more dominant day to day, it's, it's, um, it's nice to relinquish control once in a while. Like it feels nice to be like, I don't have to do anything except whatever this person tells me to do. Like that's, that's a nice feeling once in a while, just turn your brain off. Totally. And and sometimes, I mean, especially like if you've been in a relationship for a long time, like sex, not that it can become mundane, but it becomes more normalized. And sometimes you can get in your head about like, you know, is this person into this or, or, you know, they, do they, are they like super excited? And like, when you're both like, um, you know, sharing a, a, an experience of like role reversal or you're sharing like a fantasy. Like sometimes me and my girlfriend will just tell each other like crazy fantasies. Like, you know, like, like literally tell it like while we're having sex, like talk, like, you know, sexy talk in, in the best way yeah. we can to, to tell each other like these crazy fantasies for each other. And like, it kind of keeps us both in the moment, you know, and very present. And like, it, it, it makes something that could have been like, you know, oh, you know, tr- traditional Monday sex into a whole thing where it's like, wow, we, we both were super present during that. Yeah, I love that. And I think that that's important, too, because a lot of people have a really hard time communicating during sex. Um, totally. And a really hard time. I know people who just like, I mean, they want to like dirty talk or they want to fantasize or they want to do those things. But like the idea of doing it is really, really scary to them. So I think it's nice that you guys have found a way to do that and feel really comfortable with it. And right. I think it, you guys are a really good example of how well it works. Because like you said, it's like the sex is probably always good, but you're able to kind of take it to this next level and do something fun and interesting and different and be super present because you've broken down those barriers of communication. Yeah, and afterwards, it's kind of the proof of, of the presence because you almost have something to talk about. Like, oh my God, like, you know, the, whatever shit you were saying was crazy. Or, you know what I mean? Like you have something to talk about. And yeah. also like, um, yeah. There's something else I was going to say, but I forgot. But yeah. So um, I'm going to take it back a little bit because this was this was great, but we really got into it really quick. Yeah, we did. Um, so would you mind telling the audience a little bit about, um, I mean, tell us about your music. How long have you been making it? You have a new single out right now, yeah? Yes, I do. Um, yeah, so my my artist name is Bonavega. Mm-hmm. And um, I basically kind of... I. I actually used to go under that name back at, back in Ohio. I, I I would actually DJ in Ohio for like side okay. money. Okay. Um, and then once I moved here and I, I decided I wanted to move to either LA or New York to pursue uh-huh. music specifically. Um, I, I kind of moved here and then I just decided well, I'm just going to keep the name. And over, over the last eight years between like, it started off by literally going to open mics and, you know, like, I lived right in the heart of Hollywood and I would like write music and write songs. I, I really had never written songs in my, for my entire music. Like I started playing music when I was 13, but I never really wrote music. I was always just okay. learn. I was learning how to play it or just like playing other songs, you know, like typical, like cover band stuff, all that. Yeah. And so I really didn't start writing music till I moved here. Um, and I think it was like all my pent up music knowledge finally was released. And like, writing music came very naturally to me and um at least i should say melodies came very naturally and and making like songs and tunes and then later on i met my my buddy tom lipka who's a really great lyricist and writer in general and so i I shouldn't take credit for all the lyrics but definitely like the the idea of like of of like tunes and melodies and chord progressions all that stuff came very naturally so i moved here kind of started writing songs and then i would literally ride my bike down to the open mic and try it out in front of a crowd for the first time. You know, and it was just like me and a microphone and like a backing track. Wow. And, and it was, and so from that experience, I just started meeting people. And then also like, that was really my first time ever performing really. Like, um, I didn't, I'd never 
had any really performing experience back in Ohio. I did a little bit, but not like this, where it was like totally you on a stage. Yeah. And, and just about my artistry and about my thing. And so yeah. I instantly started realizing like what worked with the crowd, what didn't work with the crowd. And, and it was weird. Like I remember the first time I got up to, to, to perform, I was like taking myself very seriously because I'd like just written this song and it was a very like, I would say it's a very, it was a very like George Michael-esque type song, like very like okay. 80s R&B, like very like smooth, sexy song. And like I got up on stage and like right when it started, like I could hear like snickering, you know, in, in the crowd a little bit. Uh-huh. And I realized like, I, I realized like maybe like, I don't know, just naturally I kind of started doing it kind of tongue in cheek and, and it really worked. I don't know. It was crazy. It was like, it just felt good. And I, and I got like, like I got like a little bit of honestly laughter back from the crowd, but in, in like a good way. Yeah. And and then after that moment, I just, it, it just really took off. And I started realizing like, oh yeah, okay. You, you want to be this kind of like obnoxious over the top character, but who also, <laughs> but who can also back it up with, with, you know, hopefully good music and, and relatable music, you know. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks. Oh yeah. That's me. Nothing extra. Just perfection and a straw coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Well, that's so funny because I feel like for so many people in that situation, they would have taken it so personally and been so upset. And it was like a light bulb moment for you where you almost thrived off of it. Oh, totally. I mean, it was it was a moment where I was very out of control because I didn't have any instruments with me. I didn't even have I didn't have a, my own personal sound guy, but I felt very in control because I at least knew, you know, it was almost like I, I would imagine it was almost kind of like when if someone like trying stand up for the first time, you know, like you kind of could tell what the audience was liking and what they weren't liking, you know, and like, yeah, and I just kind of crafted that over. And like now now it's very clear where like, you know, from a brand standpoint and from like music standpoint and everything, like now it's become very clear, but yeah, it just took a couple of years of just like trying it all out and being and like realizing like, okay, you know, ripping the shirt off on stage, that works. So I'm going to keep doing that, you know, or, or whatever it is, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So the, when you first started, you weren't doing like the costume makeup, nothing like that. It's crazy. There's some footage out there of I tried to find it the other day because yeah, there's there's some stuff of me just like in a man bun and and you know in very regular clothes with no yeah. makeup, just but but fully full blown like performing, you know like like you know in a similar way to, that I do, very like over the top dance moves and stuff. But yeah, with none of none of the none of the other ingredients with it. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. So did that come slowly or after that, those first few times where you realized you were going to be more like performative, a little more tongue in cheek, were you like, oh, I'm just going to go all out. Fuck it. Um, it definitely was fun. To, I, I definitely learned that I was like, okay, I'm going to try to up the ante every single time. But <laughs> I, I would say it definitely took a couple of years to make, first of all, get a, a, def, a decent repertoire of good songs to perform. Right. and. And then also, yeah, to get like the correct stage to where it would really work, where like I would have a, a, a you know, a backstage where I could have multiple outfits or blah, blah, blah. You know, so it, it definitely took, I, I would definitely say it, it's, it's one of those things where um, 
it takes experience and it takes years. And, you know, some, someone who can, who pulls off, you know, whether movie star or whether they're someone who's a musician, it definitely is, is years of, of crafting the thing. So, and I'm, I'm definitely no, uh, no different. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, would and you I haven't even, and I mean, I haven't even gotten near of making it yet. Like, like I still know that like, I need to keep on changing and keep on like more and more like honing in on the thing, you know? Of course, of course. But I feel like you've, you've found what works for you. You've kind of like found a little bit, I don't know if niche is the right word, but you found kind of your, your space. For sure. So would you mind telling, I mean, myself as well as the audience a little bit about the new single lady man, right? Yeah. It's called lady man. Yeah, basically. Um, and, and it goes back to, it kind of brings full circle to what we were talking about, but basically because I was raised so repressed in a lot of ways, like from great repression comes great creativity is what I, is what <laughs> I've been usually saying, but like, it's like, I, I was so repressed for so long and in so many different ways, but one of them being kind of the base, that base level of like, girls are girls and they wear dresses guys are guys and they wear pants like that's it. right very and gender conforming. very very yes very gender conforming and um you know for some reason like i found myself over the past couple of years especially being super attracted to girls in particular um who just say fuck that and who dress like skater boys and you know what i mean yeah. who just who just do the complete opposite and um, just, just as of, of, of the last few years, I've really found myself like, wow, oh, I have this like really strong attraction to that. And I think it's like m- multiple things, but one of it is just like that, that clear, like kind of, I don't give a fuck attitude of like, no, I don't have to wear a dress. And also, you know, if you're a girl and you like to wear dresses, that's amazing too. But like it, I, for some reason that kind of like spoke to me. For and sure. so, so this song of, of lady man is kind of that it's kind of like, you know, not conforming to society's expectation of those, those gen those norms those societal norms of how to dress and behave merely based on your gender you know right um and obviously it's it's more it's so complex and it's like i said that's kind of the like the song is you know so the song's technically about um you know girls who like to dress like the traditional guys but like that's kind of the uh the baseline way of looking at it but like deeper underneath is just that like just the I I just love and I get excited when I see people who aren't afraid to express themselves, you know, yeah. and just and that freedom of expression has basically saved my life. And so it gets me excited when I see other people doing it. For sure. And I think it's important for people like you to be making music like this and to remind people who aren't in a big city, um, who maybe don't necessarily have friends that can be in their ear telling them that it's okay if you are, um, you know, a heterosexual man <clears throat> who is attracted to a girl who dresses more masculine or you, I mean, want to, you know, dress a little bit more feminine, whatever the case is, you know, it's, it's okay to break out of that box that we've been taught that we're, we have to live in. Totally. And it's not, and again, it's not in any way saying that, oh, well, if you're a girl and you do wear dresses, there's something wrong with that. It's nothing like that. It's just, look, I want, I want you to look at yourself and look deep inside, just like I do every day and say, what do you really want to do? You know? And like, and know that you have the freedom to do whatever that is. And, yeah. and maybe, and you know what I mean? And maybe that is like, I like cars and sports and that's cool. Um, or maybe it's, I like to wear fishnets, you know? So it's like, um, you know, what's crazy is on that topic too, of like people who are potentially, you know, maybe in the Midwest or people who aren't in a big city who don't realize that that's a thing. Um, I got a, a a DM the other day from somebody who so my so my dad is a uh, principal at a 
Christian high school back in Ohio. Okay. And I actually went to that school for a while. And so, you know, my, my parents have not been very supportive of my whole journey. Obviously they're, they're like hardcore Christians still. And so, um, and it was kind of funny. I I don't know if you knew, I, I was on the show America's Got Talent and, um, it was funny, like me and my dad had this like thing via the, the public or via the, uh, the local newspaper back in Ohio where like, I, I literally was like the, we were basically both got interviewed by the same reporter and I was like, Oh yeah, my parents don't support me and blah, blah, blah. And then my dad was like, yeah, well we, we think his, his performances are sinful and blah, blah, blah. Like we were having, like we didn't, neither of us talk to each other about it. But we just had this rift through the local newspaper. It was so oh, gnarly. My God. Like yeah, it was very, in a newspaper. Yeah. It was very gnarly. And I mean, like we've obviously talked about it before. So now we're to the point where we're like, well, we, there's really no point of, for us to keep talking about it, but we're just going right. to both speak our truths, you know, but I say all that to say I experienced something to the next level. So I, I'd already been like, kind of like at first it fucked me up that my parents didn't support me. And then it kind of oh. dawned on me well, of like, of course they don't like they can't. You know what I mean? Like right. they would need to be, they would need to like deny the last 40 years of their life and the last right, 40 right. years of, of, you know, of their belief system. Like I don't expect them to like get new friends and, and, and but went to a whole new level the other day this kid dm'd me from the high school where my dad is the principal where he's it's the christian high school and he goes or i think it was a girl and she was like um she's like hey i just wanted to let you know i, I i'm a huge fan of yours and i really support you and she's like I, I found out about you from your dad actually he was talking really badly about you in chapel the other day and <gasps> oh um and i was like oh my and i was it blew my mind i was like and I was like, oh, really? I was like, wow, that's weird. And I was like, well, you know, thanks for the support. And then I, then all these kids started, she probably obviously talked to somebody because then all these kids started DMing me like, like, you know, Bonavega, you, you're the best. Like, yeah, you're, you're, your dad gave me a detention for showing your America's Got Talent video the other day. So apparently this kid was showing my, my performance on America's Got Talent and my dad saw that he was showing it and gave him a detention. I was like, this is, this is like, this needs to be a documentary. This needs to be a movie or something. This is crazy. No, seriously, that is insane. Like, just what an interesting dynamic between you guys, but also in the age of the internet, because like this, this sort of thing wouldn't happen 20 years ago, right? I mean, shit, this this probably wouldn't have happened 10 years ago. So it's so interesting that like you guys have this, but then there's also this middle ground where like the internet lives and where people who live in your small town and know your father can also like watch your videos and be fans of you at the same time. And so now there's this place where he has to watch people be fans of you. (laughs) Dude, it's incredible. And like, you know, it's not like, it's not the healthiest thing, but I was like, I'm going to send you guys all merch. So I'm going to send like 30 t-shirts to Ohio and they're going to like, I think they're going to wear them to school one day and just like, and troll my dad basically. But I'm like, dude, this is ridiculous. Like, like this is the kind of like, this is how deep and dark it is. The, you know, the, 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 the belief system. And I, and I, and all these kids were another kid. One of the other kids like reached out and was like, you know, I'm like in the closet and like your music has been like, like the whole thing has like been very helpful. And like, and I, and I only bring that up. I only bring that up to say like, that as an artist, like that's all I can ever ask for. Yeah. And it's just, and it's so meaningful and, um, it's just so funny because it's so personal because it's my dad is like the, it's, you know I mean? You like picture like my dad as the bad guy and like my, right. my performances and stuff is the good guy. And it's just so weird and wacky and like, uh, it kind of blew my mind in, in a big way. Yeah. That's insane. If they ever make a movie about you, that's going to be like the, in like the first, like third of the movie is going to be like you like rising to fame. And like these kids are like going against your father at his school to like show your videos. 
Dude, it's so gnarly. It's so gnarly. <laughs> I love it. So, um, do you feel like being in in glam rock and kind of like pushing those boundaries? Do you feel like similar to someone like I don't know, you know, Freddie Mercury, that people are going to speculate about your sexuality and it does it bother you? Um, I definitely uh, am not worthy of Freddie Mercury, but no, I I know what you mean. Like, yeah, I I think um. I think people do speculate and I'll get people who will ask just straight up again, DM on, on the DMS on Instagram. I'm sure, you know, are, are quite interesting. And so, yeah, I just, have, I have people who just, you know, straight up will ask me, uh, but no, it doesn't bother me. Like I, I'm, I mean like, you know, I, I'm very straight leaning, I would say, but okay. like, I also don't want like putting myself in a, in a box, you know what I, I mean? I, we, yeah, I really don't like, and um, I don't know. It's just like, I mean, especially like the way we were raised, so, so brainwashed to believe one way about sexuality. It's yes. like, who knows, who knows what my true potential could be, you know? And like, ultimately I just want to be happy. So if I'm happy, you know, like right now I'm, I'm the happiest I've ever been with my girlfriend and like, so that's great. But you know, like, does the idea of like sucking a dick kind of turn me on? Yeah, it kind of does. So like, and I'm not going to lie about that, you know, but I'm also not going to say like, well, I'm fully gay. Like, I don't know. That's, that's what, I'm, that's what I mean. Like, I just don't like to put myself in a box. Well, right. And I think that's the most important thing too, is the fact that there doesn't need to be a box at all. It's like, I think there's so many people out there, men or women who identify as straight, but you know, fantasize about something that's a little bit more homosexual. And then they're like, oh, so I'm gay. Yeah. Yeah. No, you could literally still be straight and just some also want to fantasize about that. Or you could Mm -hmm. like, it doesn't, none of it really, like none of those words actually really mean anything. And it doesn't really like matter. Like it doesn't, you know, it doesn't really change anything. So I think it's, that's great for you to be able to be like, I'm mostly straight and like I'm dating a woman and I'm happy with her and I'm like sexually fulfilled, but like, I'm not going to knock anything until I try it or I'm not going to, you know, exactly. I'm not going to say that anything doesn't turn me on unless I've done it or whatever. I love that. I think that's really interesting. I have a friend who grew up similar to us, very, very religious household, really never found anybody that she like connected with. And like, I think she went through about where she was like, maybe I'm asexual. And she's like, kind of had no idea, but she had always identified as straight and she had like you know, liked boys, you know, as a young girl and, you know, had her celebrity crushes were all men. And then she met her now fiance, who is a woman, and immediately was like, I'm in love with this woman and had never even thought about the idea of being with another woman. And she's like, in the happiest and healthiest relationship of her life. And it's the first woman she's ever been with. And she doesn't plan on being with anybody else ever again. That's amazing. That's amazing. And that's, that's, I mean, that's a perfect example of like, you know, there's 8 billion people in the world. It's like, there's obviously not one way to experience sexuality or, or, you know, what, and like people go half, like you said with her, she grew up one way and, and in in a sense flipped the other way. And it's like, I, I don't, I know where I'm at today and I know what makes me happy today. And like, I think that's the most important thing to focus on. Absolutely. I totally agree. I think that that's, I think that more people need to be that way. Cause that's another thing too, is I get some people who are like, even with that pegging thing, it was like, so I'm, so does that make it make me gay? And I was like, what, where, yeah. what? no, absolutely yeah. not. Like, <laughs> no, I know that's a pretty like base way to look at that too. Yeah. But I, but I get, it. I get I, like, I understand, but like also it's like, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. It's, it's, it's tough. But I, like I said, I'm glad there are people who are kind of out there and being like, look, it does not need to be this one way. Right. Totally. And, so, and, and it, yeah, go ahead. 
so just another thing I was going to ask was, um, do you feel like it's so obviously like dancing on stage being kind of like, I guess maybe sensual is the right word. Do you feel like it's easier to have true intimacy when you're able to be so openly sensual as like an artist? That's a good question. Um, definitely. Um, yeah, because, huh. I never thought about that. Um, <laughs> But no, I've never had I've never had problems with intimacy, you know, with someone that I was dating or somebody I was in a relationship with. Yeah. Um, although I guess the the really extreme versions of my performance have probably come out the last like couple of years. Okay. So, but like I would just say like, you know, I'm to the and maybe it's specifically with I think it's very important like the girl that I'm dating right now right now her name is Sarah and she uh she we're both just like why why i was saying it's so healthy and why it's like such a great thing is because we're both in the mindset of like you know we look at it ki- kind of from a, a an animal standpoint where it's like you know we we know we're going to find other people attractive and we just we don't force each other to lie to each other about like if something else turns us on or if some, like I said, if somebody else is attractive and like that, I I was in way too many of those types of relationships, which honestly is kind of the norm. And that if, if anything can, could change with as far as like um, how relationships work, like that's one of them where it's like, Oh, do you think my friend's hot? No, no. And she's like the hottest thing in the world. You know what I mean? It's like, why do you, why do we make each other lie to each other? You know, it doesn't make any sense. Absolutely. Well, so there's so much possessiveness around relationships and we're taught that when totally. you start dating someone, they are yours and you are theirs. And it's like, I've had people who are like, I don't want my partner thinking about A, B or C when they masturbate. And I was like, baby, you can't, you, there's a lot in this world you can't control. And somebody's thoughts while they're jacking off is one of them. Like <laughs> totally wild concept, but we've been taught that we have to control every aspect of our partner. And if not, that we're going to lose them. I know. I don't know where that comes from. I guess it probably comes from super deep seated, like, you know, caveman shit, but like, you know, but, but it's also like been, been like reinforced with the, the extreme, again, the the extreme, like religious values and all that stuff. Um, And again, I'm not, and again, like, I'm not like me and my girlfriend aren't like in an open relationship. Like we're very much like with each other, but like, but yeah, like that whole, like, I'm not gonna try to control your mind. And also, like, I like the freedom to be able to have my own thoughts or to be able to, you know what I mean? Like, have my own, like, flirtatious conversation with someone. Like, why would I deny that of, from someone? Like, if I say that I love her and she's my, like, partner in life, why would I deny, like, the most base part of being a human, which is, like, sexuality? You know, it doesn't make any, that doesn't make any sense. Something that I think leads to um cheating more often and leads to 100%. less longevity in relationships because people feel stuck and they feel you know cornered cornered and they feel like they can't kind of be who they are they f- totally feel completely stuck and like you know our thing is like specifically it's like look like if if there's ever a situation where you know we we really have this like thing where we're like we're really interested in someone else like we're allowed to like have those thoughts first of all of course but then also like a conversation about it isn't going to be a, a a relationship breaker. You know what I mean? Like exactly. if she if she if she had some interest in some other person and was really wanted to like hook up with somebody or blah blah blah. Like her bringing it up to me, I would I would love to have that conversation now. And if it's something that like would make me uncomfortable or like 
maybe I couldn't see like being able to like do it, you know, then that's, that's okay too. Like we'd have the conversation, but like even, even the thought of like, Hey, I kind of find this other person attractive. That would be a, a relationship breaker right there. Oh, a hundred percent. And, and that's the thing is people are so, so, so scared to bring up those thoughts that they have with their partner that they inevitably end up cheating and stuff like that. Because, and so much of that can be, can be solved with a conversation. It can be like, well, let's figure out why, like, let's figure out what about them makes you like, sometimes all it takes is a, like a really open and honest conversation where you're not going to get guilt tripped or felt or felt bad. And again, like you said, some, maybe it goes further and it's like, no, I still kind of really want to explore this, but sometimes it's just like, oh, I just needed the space to kind of say it out loud so yeah totally and and i think i think back to you were saying like it, sometimes people have a hard time communicating what they want sexually i think just like if you can just start a relationship with really really great communication across the board including all these types of things then like the whole like oh you know like oh, i want a dirty talk or i want to do this like all that stuff can become very natural too and, and like everything is more open opposed to the opposite which is feels like you said feeling like very like trapped for sure. And everything's easier. Like everything is yep. so much easier when you have the space to say what's on your mind. Yep. And even if it's something where you say something like this, is how I feel about this situation. And then like, you know, in, in 20 minutes, you kind of get a grasp on it. Like, you know what? I was just kind of, you know, freaked out about something. And that's why I felt that way. I really don't feel that way. You know, but like opposed to like, if someone says something that's, that's seen that comes off as like, uh, you know, aggressive or something, you don't need to react like you know like it, for example if my if if my girlfriend said like oh you know like i i don't like the fact that blah 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 i could immediately react and be like well fuck you and blah, blah, blah. or i could just like kind of be like okay I, I understand that you feel that way and then chances are in 20 minutes she's probably she might be like you know what i was actually just overreacting about this like everything's yeah. chill, you know and then yeah. but but it's that not being able to communicate and just uh, knee-jerk reactions to to that type of stuff that can make everything more complicated, I feel. And then those things lead to like those huge fights where two hours later, you're like, what were we fighting about again? Oh, Jesus. Yeah, totally. So it's like, you just spend so much time being happier when you can, when you can act like that in a relationship and not take everything so personal. Totally. Now, yeah. And so back to the, um, do I have a problem being intimate? I don't. And I think that's a really, really great question. And I like, that's something that I want to like think about even more because it's like, you're right. Like my performances are very like they're they're very sexually charged, you yeah. know, and like they're definitely like exciting in that way on purpose. Um, and they're also very, very like it, not even just, you know, they're not like sexually intimate, but like they're also just like intimate in a way where like there's there is definitely a connection happening between me and and, and whoever's at the show. And right. and uh, yeah. I think if anything, it probably enhances my ability to be intimate, you know, because sure. it like show, be it shows me people you can be intimate with one partner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. And it like shows me the, the possibilities of what intimacy can feel like and stuff. So yeah, that's pretty, that's a good question. I love that. Well, I think that that's a good place to wrap up because we have already hit past 40 minutes. Cool. But thank you so much for joining me. This was a really incredible conversation. Yeah, I, I, I'm really uh, grateful that you had me on, and uh, hopefully we'll talk again soon. For sure, absolutely. Thank you for joining, and for anybody listening, go stream Lady Man. I'm sure it's streaming everywhere, Spotify and Apple Music and all that good stuff. Yep, thank you so much. Yeah, of course. I'll talk to you soon. All right, see you. Bye.